You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. The title is Fight for What's Right. Man, you, I mean, we already got that, that competitiveness in us. It just got to get steered. You just got to steer that bad boy. Sometimes that competitiveness be on, you know, on an 86 Caprice box Chevy. We whipping it. We got to steer it a little bit. We got to drive. We got to drive like an old Buick, you know. It's 10 and 2. Like you got trying to pass a test. We over here trying to whip it. Steer. I don't know what I was saying. What what are we talking about today? (laughs) Fighting. Fighting and competing. But you, verse 11, Chapter 6, but you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all. And of Christ Jesus, who gave a good confession before Pontius, Pontius Pilate, I charge you, to keep this command without fault or failure. Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15, it says, God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power. Amen. What a powerful verse. This is Paul speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy, and really charging and commissioning commissioning him as a man of God. One of my favorite things to do, church family, is to watch sports, but even more importantly, is to educate my wife on sports. That is, <laughs> that's the one thing I got that I feel like I'm a little bit smarter in. I got her. Like, she don't know who these players are. Let me try to educate you a little. I know you're smart, child. You know it all, but let me watch a game so I can feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So in, in basketball and NBA, man, there's 500, approximately about 529 uh, professional basketball players in the NBA, which is uh, not a lot. 529 people get to play professional basketball in America at the highest level. I was thinking, I was like, wow, man, that's about probably the size of this church. And I was like, man, Man, that, that, it's probably about 529 pastors right here in the county. And I was like, man, my, my job's in jeopardy here. I don't, I'm a little nervous here, man. But it is very slim pickings when it comes to playing this sport at the highest level. But many times when I'm watching a game, I'm fascinated because I see it's a disproportionate amount of players where they're father or their mother was actually an athlete. It's incredible. So I'm watching a game and I'm like, Rachel's like, oh, that player is good. Oh, man. he's." I'll be like, you know who his daddy is? His daddy played back in 87. Oh, that player is dope, man. Who is I'd be like, you know who her mama? Mama was a track star. Played, was a gold medal Olympus. And I'm like, like, and it's crazy to see that. So this, these are pictures of three Christian families that are in the NBA. Upper left, you have the Curry family. 
uh, dad and two sons, Steph and Seth. And over in the right, we have the Holiday family. These are three, or these are three brothers, Justin, Aaron, and uh, Drew, uh, that all play in the NBA. And at the bottom, you have three of these four are in the NBA. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, along with his brother, Thanasis, and Kostas. It's crazy. They're all in the NBA. It's 525, 29. And wait, three in the family made it? Out of all the people in the world, three of of y'all made it in the NBA? Wow, incredible. And I look and I'm like, wow, for one, there was a exposure. There was a normalization. There was a genetic thing. And there was some competence. This next picture is Floyd Mayweather Jr., which is I, when, I, when I first was watching him in his prime, I was like, man, he's such, he's such a boring boxer. He's a professional boxer. And this is his uncle and his daddy. Uncle and daddy, they played, they, or they were professional boxers as well, right? But he, along with the other two and the, the other three in the picture, not only took it and grabbed it, but guess what? They went even further with it. Right. He's known as the best defensive fighter of all time. Never lost. 50 and 0. In his prime, this guy was a ta- is a tactical boxing technician. It is an art the way that he boxes. See, back in the day, normally you look at a sport of boxing and you're like, man, you wanted to be a brawl. You wanted to be a slugfest. Boom, boom, boom. I hit you 200 times. You hit me 199 times, I win. Simplifying it. But he was like, wait, how come I got to get hit 199 times? <laughs> like, I don't want my brain shredded to pieces. If I hit you once and you never hit me, I win. Let's fight the enemy like that, man. Let's have those quick Ephesians 6 reflexes where we not only have on the armor of God, but we quick to pick that, pick that shield of faith up and use it. Right? We quick to strap on the belt of truth. Right? God did. Give, he gave us the sword. Gave us one offensive weapon. Everything else is like, yo, yo, guard up. Sports, D up. I know I got some sports people in here. I'm going to lose some of y'all, but this men's day. <laughs> It's Father's Day. D up. D up. Play some defense. Right? You ain't guarding your man. D up. Put on that shield of faith. Be those people. Let's have those quick reflexes. Be like, oh, that's God. Yes. Awesome. Let's go. That's not God. I would rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm giving y'all a little bit too much too early here. <laughs> no, it's good. So the point I want to make here as we travel along is that we are all optical products, right? We are products of what we see, whether we want to believe that or not. Like, if you are around a hundred, like, they, they basically say, the saying is, your, your, closest, your five closest friends is what you become. So your five closest friends are, are leaders. Ah, you're going to be a leader, dude. If they're idiots, <laughs> Canaan, Nathan, who are your friends, bro? No, I'm just messing with. I'm messing with them. 
just be like, no, it's my guys. <laughs> if they're idiots, you're probably going to be an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that too hard? But it's like, <laughs> so my five closest friends, your five closest friends, Father God, right there. Son of man, Jesus, second person of the Trinity, Holy Spirit. For me, it's Rachel, number four. I'm sorry, baby. you number one, but you number uh, the, the Trinity, girl. The <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I get that confused. Hey, Holy Spirit, such Rachel. Boy, oh no, can't tell. <laughs> then my fifth one I got to work on is uh, Angela Lansbury right now. It's uh, J.B. Fletcher off Murder She Wrote. I've been watching a lot of Murder She Wrote. <laughs> Okay, get back to sports. Anybody still watch? Anybody know Lan- Angela Lansbury, Murder, She Wrote? Mrs. Potts of Beauty and the Beast. Mrs. Potts, yeah, had the son Chip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, got it. A lot of people are like, oh, 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 Miss Potts. Yeah, that was my movie back then. I don't know about Murder, She Wrote. That was back in the 80s, bro. Why are you watching that? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Picking friends. Choose your environment. It's important. Let me show you how much it is, how important it is for us to see as men, as women, as, as people of the faith, to really see the importance of how we live out our lives and the effect that it can have in either a positive way or a negative way. I think we all know people like, um, for instance, maybe great athletes or great businessmen or, you know, an extremely bright person that's tech savvy or just an expert in a field, but yet in another area where they excel in, but yet in another area, they're just like, have no clue, like just totally just gone. Like, man, yeah, you're, you're smart, but bro, you ain't there for your wife. Like you making all the money, but... Yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? We see that a lot. And I'm going to talk a little bit about David and his sons, along with his daughter. Like, we, we, we held David. Like, God, he was a man after God's own heart. And I, I don't want to demonize dude, but I just want to set the example that he was, you know, defeated Goliath and, you know, was a king and an army man and a, a man that had a great, great people under him. But he was not a good parent. Wasn't. So he had five, he had, well, David had, there's 20 kids that's recorded um, that he had. Um, probably had more, I'm, I'm sure that he, the concubines aren't recorded. So another thing. But had 20 kids and five, I'm kind of going to address here. He had the first, his actually firstborn son was a man named Amnon. And here in 2 Samuel 13, we see here the story of him and Tamar, Amnon and Tamar. Yeah, one through three. It says, some time had passed away, or some time passed. David's son, Absalom, had a beautiful sister named Tamar. And David's son, Amnon, was infatuated with her. <laughs> it's funny how it's David, Absalom, yeah, anyway. Amnon was frustrated to the point of making himself sick over his sister, Tamar. Because she was a virgin, but it seemed impossible to do anything to her. Amnon had a friend named Jonadab, a son of David's brother, Shemia. Jonadab was a very shrewd man, and he asked Amnon, Why are you the king's son so miserable every morning? 
Won't you tell me? Amnon replied, I'm in love, quotations, with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister, which is his half-sister, by the way. He's kind of, it's funny how you're trying to use those words to create a disconnect so that it's, oh, it's okay, you know, interesting. So basically this story, I won't go into the graphic details of this story, but basically Amnon abuses his own half-sister, his sister Tamar. Uh, basically takes advantage of her, creates this plot to, to, to really just take advantage of her. And uh, in this encounter that took place, David was very, let's um, say, just had neglect. Not necessarily either way. And this is his son and his daughter. And he ain't doing nothing about it. He ain't fighting for what's right. Hold up. Wait, you slayed the giant? Goliath? Bro, you a king over all the army and this right here at home? We right here at the house and you ain't going to say nothing? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you go out here, get out here in public and you act brand new. But right here at the house, true colors coming out. Ah. So this goes on, right? He, he, he really doesn't see anything. He's like, man, I don't, don't want to get in between all of that, man. That ain't even none of my business. But you're the king and you're the daddy. So Absalom, he's the brother, the, like the, the full brother. They got, Absalom and Tamar got the same mom and daddy. So after this happened, Tamar go to the house and live with Abs Absalom. Two years passed by, Absalom, he hot. He, we good? He upset. I know. I, I got a little bit. I might have got a little bit. Nah, I got to be me. I got to be me. Absalom hot. He mad. <laughs> Daddy, you ain't doing nothing about this. It's your daughter, cuz. Why you ain't doing nothing? Absalom like, man, forget it. I'm taking matters in my own hands. You ain't going to deal with bro? I'm going to take care of bro. Let me stop right there. If the church don't deal with real life issues, the world going to figure it out. Like we can't be a place, real talk, where we talking and we, and we, we talking about people that's doing things and trying to create change and trying to do the right thing if we ain't strapping on our boots and doing it. So let's not be that. Let's not be old. Yeah, I'm going to talk bad about these secular organizations that's trying to create change. But we ain't doing that. We're just sitting back talking about it. May it not be. So Absalom, so he, he, he mad. He done. He done. I done lost all respect for David. I know that's my dad and everything. But, like, dude ain't even did nothing. He ain't even doing anything. So he takes matters in his own hands and he kills Amnon. Right? And I wonder if David's neglect was out of what he already, what, what his past looked like with Bathsheba and him trying to cover it up and say, man, I, 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 can't, even, I can't even speak into that because I messed up. 
See, let me tell you, church, truth is truth. Truth is truth regardless. So men, if you got a bad past and be like, man, yeah, I done did some junk back in my day. Ladies, I done did some stuff back in my day. You don't just sit back and be like, yeah, well, I did it. I guess they can do it too. Nah, you still spit. You still give truth out and say, man, I, made, I did. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I, did, I didn't handle that the right way. Instead of saying, well, I guess I can't even say anything. Sometimes we feel like I can't speak into something because we're guilty of it. But God wipes away the guilt and says to move on. Right, so you can, you can, like truth is true. It doesn't matter if it comes from a, a five-year-old or a 95-year-old, right? Like Jesus is the son of God. Well, you're only five years old. What do you know about Jesus being a son of God? That's true. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I can't deny that. I can't take that away. Now, I, you know, you can go further like, well, what is that actually? Nah, it's truth. So we can receive truth from anybody. Some people are like, well, you, Eddie Mo, you up here, you ain't no daddy. How you going to give advice on being a daddy? Ain't, the truth is the truth. Right. Advice is advice. Now, that's one thing to take advice. It's a different thing to give truth. Two different things. Where I'm at? God. Oh, man, y'all going to have to stay for the third one because I ain't going to get through. No, stick around. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So David had it. Let me speed up a little bit. David had another son, son named Adonijah, right? So basically he came after Absalom Tamar along with Amnon. And he is in a place where he is seeing everything, all of this, all of this that's taking place. And in 1 Kings 1.6, it says, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, kept exalting himself, saying, I will be king. He prepared chariots, cavalry, 50 men to run ahead of him. But his father never once infuriated him by asking, why did you do that? In addition, he was quite handsome and was born after Absalom. So, so let me back up a little bit. Not only did Absalom kill Amnon, but he fled and ended up coming back and was like, I don't respect my dad. I think I should be king. I should be, oh, man. So he set up a conspiracy to kind of be king and be like, man, I want to I be king. It didn't work. They fa it failed, and he ended up dying. Um, so moving forward, Adonijah is seeing all of this. So he's like, I, my brother ain't respect. I'm seeing, like he's seeing, I'm talking about seeing. I, I seen Absalom ain't respect, Dad. How come I ain't, I ain't going to respect him? I, I, I should be king. Bible says he looked good. He was handsome, felt good. Like, man, I, I should be king. And I look and I'm like, man, David probably did the same. Like Absalom and Adonijah did the exact same thing. Or Amnon and Absalom did the same, exact same thing as David. David went with Bathsheba and tried to cover it up and kill. Amnon stepped in on his sister. Absalom stepped in and said, let me try to create a justice and kill. Optics. We are many times what we're looking at and what we're seeing. So it's very important. It's very important for us to realize that as we move forward, we get, I give another analogy on what it looks like for the optics to be excellent in a, in a more beautiful way. We look at Paul and we look at Timothy, Titus, and Onesimus. These are three sons 
spiritual sons that Paul takes in. And from the beginning, man, they walk in and they see in Paul's life and they like examining him and he's instructing them on how to lead a church. He's teaching them about, hey, yo, man, don't, don't let people look down on you because you're young. He's saying, he's, he's saying, set an example in your love and your faith and your purity. He's even talking about, hey, man, you might go through trials and suffering. Like he's being real with Timothy and showcasing like, yo, this is what it looks like. To be a man. This is what it looks like to be a father. This is what it, this, these are the things that it looks, he's like, yo, devote yourself to the scriptures, to reading, and to exhorting. And then we see the results of Timothy. Timothy becomes a pastor of, of a church. Timothy uh, leads the church of Ephesus even to his death, where it was persecuted throughout his whole life. We look at Titus, and Titus is a man of administration and, and order and structure. And he's teaching Titus, like, these are the ways that you, can showcase and conduct yourselves and this is the way that you can lead and be an example. So they are seeing right in front of them. See the El Roy. Mm, I don't want to get ahead. And we look at Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave that, that, that escaped and he ends up finding Christ when he, and he finds Paul. And Paul in the first Philemon 1.10 he goes and he says, man, I as an elderly man I count Onesimus my son. He embraced him as a son. And he says, Philemon, you look, at, you look at Onesimus as your brother in Christ. And it's, beautiful, it's a beautiful picture. And let me just say that Paul was setting and showcasing what it looked like to be a man of God. But the most important thing is looking at the relationship with the father and the son. In John 5, 19, Jesus replied, truly I tell you, the son of man or the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son likewise does these things. How great it is, men of God, to have a charge to be an example to the next generation. How great it is, family of, of, of God, to be able to represent godliness because, listen, we need it. We need it now more than ever. We need it now. People are looking for a light to follow. People are looking for a glimmer of hope to lead. And I know it's been hard. And I honor you today because I'm like, man, as a, as a son, I see the benefit. Oh, my God. I see the benefit of having a father in my life. Today is or, or, or this is the 10th year where my father's been passed away. And this message was getting to me. It was so emotional. I was like, I ain't going to get emotional. <laughs> I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not going to get, you know, I've been out of shape. I got to preach. <laughs> um, but I look and I say, man, my father was amazing. The sacrifice, the, 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 military, the military man, uh, the, the deacon in the church. The hardworking, the, the, the man that was just so hard. Oh, man. My daddy was so hard on me. Oh, man. I, was, I couldn't take it. I, couldn't, I didn't feel like I could take it. 
But I look back and I'm like, man, why, you was at every ball game. You was at, you, you, you gave me down payments. You did this. You, I, I, started, I started to count all the money my dad gave me after I turned 18. I'm grown. And I'm like, oh, my. I just started crying. I was, oh, my parents, I ain't going to dismiss my mother. She'll be here over there in that corner in 1130. <laughs> but it's overwhelming. And I, so I, I look at this picture and I say, man, truly, from, and these are this pictures of uh, my dad on the left. That's actually not me in the top. That's my older brother. Kind of, they, t- they just stopped taking pictures. I'm the last born. <laughs> I couldn't find <laughs> I ain't got no pictures, man, honestly. I was just like, man, that looked like me. Y'all probably was like, yeah, that's you. The picture looked old, though. How old are you at, Pastor Eddie? <laughs> Along with uh, Rachel and her father. And I'm like, man, the, 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 the legacy is continuing. I'm like, man, I, got, I, ain't got a ch- I don't have a choice but to fight for what's right. After I hear and see the story from a man that lived with nine, 10, 11 brothers and sisters in a thousand square foot house in Troy, Alabama that had to pick cotton and didn't, couldn't play sports that made a way for me. Like one generation has shifted it all. Oh my gosh. One generation and I, and I feel the weight and I know Rachel feels the weight. Well, maybe she don't, she's good. She like, listen, whatever. I know, I got you. She closer to the Lord. But <laughs> she's she just like, Jesus got it. I, I feel it, man. I'm like, I can't, I can't let you down. <laughs> but the legacy, don't, it, ain't, it doesn't start with me. It doesn't start with you. They already started the legacy. Keep it going. Keep it moving forward. Keep it going. I can stay there for a minute. But it says, seven qualities of biblical masculinity here. Just practical. No God submit to his authority. That's first and foremost. And we, we do. We, we, we know the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, today's the day. Receive Jesus. Submit to his authority and we lead well. Love hard. Love well. Sometimes, men, we can be so just on a mission and we forget to love. You know, just, I gotta love my wife. I gotta love my, my sisters and, and brothers in Christ. Train hard and discipline others. Right. Men, this is something that we can't leave for our wives and our, and our, and our, and our moms and, our, and, our, and our, our women to do. But we gotta be that place. We can't be a people of neglect like David, but people of intentionality. Right. I, I didn't mention. But in First Kings 6 with Adonijah, it said that he never infuriated Adonijah. Then you translate that rebuked. He never really just said, hey, hey, come here. Why you do that? What was you thinking? What was your process? Like, what was going on in your mind? Like, that's not a good decision to make. He never was just like, yo, Adonijah, you don't need to do that. That's what the Bible says. And we see the fruit that came out of that. And then we see the fruit that came out of Timothy, Titus, and Onesimus, where Paul's like, hey, 
Listen, this is how you do that. This is how you do Because we assume, like these kids are smart, but they ain't that smart. Seriously, they smart, they got the phones, they know how to do all that extra stuff and do it. But sometimes they just need, they, you need to make sure they know. Don't assume that they know. Yeah, that's right. Who said that? That's right. Come on, it's Miss Jackie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> know your influence. We miss that sometimes. Know your influence. Ah, uh, men of God, you are so influential. Oh, man. Sometimes we don't think, we don't realize it because we're just going through the motions. But, man, eh, these young people be watching. People, our wives are watching. Our, our sisters, our brothers are watching, man. No, know that you are, that you carry something. That you carry something great. You carry Jesus, man. Be consistent and present. It's a big deal. Many times we say, well, that's normal. You do that. Uh, not necessarily always the case. But, the, like, imagine you wake up one day, the sun rises on the east. Next day, the sun came up over here in the, what is that, the northwest. Then it came up on the southwest. Like, wait, God. Like, we love the spontaneity of the Lord. Don't get it twisted. But if God started just doing random stuff, oh, oh, oh God, I can't trust. Oh, no, y'all. I can't trust you, Lord. Like the immutability of the Lord is something that we lean on and we got that. We're able to be like consistent, alpha and omega and in the middle, hold it all together. Ah, be self-controlled. Get around brothers. Stay strong. I know it's hard, guys. I know, man. Unappreciated, un undervalued, underpaid. Boss don't like you. Boss don't appreciate you. Ah, Wife complaining, saying take the kids. I'm tired. I know. You know, man, keep fighting. No, keep going. Get around brothers that's going to encourage you. Men's conferences, brothers that's going to be with you. Lead with faith and wisdom. They go hand in hand. Faith and wisdom goes hand in hand. In the beginning, I talked about or shared about these athletes that... <laughs> Had amazing genetics along with the normalization of, man, this is kind of, this is what I do. It's not weird to be a professional in this area. And, and I was thinking about that and I was like, how much greater? If they went that far with biological genetics and normalization, men of God, men of God, don't you know that you got the spirit of the living God on the inside of you? That you got the power to overcome? You got the power. Oh, men of God, awaken, rise up. You got Jesus. You got God living on the inside of you. For you can do all things through Christ Jesus. For he is your strengthener. He is your deliverer. He is the one that gives you everything that you need. Let me read this passage. It says, by his divine power, he has given us everything required for life and for godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us the very great precious promises that through them you may share in the divine nature. Talk about going further. Yeah, the athletes, they took it further 
Oh, man. God saying, I'm giving, oh. I don't know if y'all hear me. I don't know if y'all hear me. God saying, I'm, I'm giving you me. I'm giving you a, a, a piece of me that's full of power. Oh, oh man. That's able to conquer, to overcome. I'm trying to, I'm trying to translate like, like the, like the transformate, like a trans. Oh, just picture God and everything that God is, and just, I'm, I'm going to give you that divine nature, that piece of that, so that you can do amazing things. I know it's hard, man of God. I know it's tough. I know it's life gets real. We step outside of these doors and we have the stresses and the pressures and the, the temptations of life. But remember who you are. Remember what you have. Know that there is a divineness on you, that there is a greatness on God. There is a greatness on you. There is a glory on you. There is a power presence on you. Receive. Receive it. Oh, man. Receive. Receive it, man of God. You are a warrior. Yeah, fight. Fight for, don't fight your wife or women. Fight for them. Don't fight children. Fight for them. Fight for the abandoned. Fight for the lost. Fight for those that are stronghold. Fight. You got it. We all want to fight. We all go home, get, get on Call of Duty, you know, what all this, and we, we're ready to go to, we're ready for all that. But steer. Man, you steer that bad boy for Jesus, man. You'll change the whole trajectory. I look at what one, I've been just thinking about what one generation can do. But one, one father, one man, one woman can shift the whole trajectory. I mean, you know my mom's story of saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated. I'm following Jesus. None of us was going to church. None of us was thinking about God. I'm talking about being mad in the JCPenney and crying like, oh, I want to go to church. I want to watch football. But, man, forget that game. Get in the right game. Oh, Get in the right game. So, men, I awaken you today. I say, rise up. Men, fight and watch the legacy you can leave. Watch what you're building upon. You might have come into this place, and I got to close this thing. You might come into this place and say, man, I had a horrible father, had a horrible dad. I, I don't feel like I'm a great father. I don't feel like I'm a great dad or a great man or a great person or whatever. No, today it can be a day of change. Today will be a day where you shift and say, oh God, I receive. I receive that divine presence, that divine nature for life and for godliness to do what you call me to do. I awaken to, to, to the greatness that you have on the inside of me. Today, let it be a change of saying, I forgive my father. I forgive my, my father. I forgive my mom. And I walk and I say, man, Lord, help me to walk in forgiveness. Walk, walk in the things that you call me to walk in today. So, man, I honor you, man. I am, I'm coming from a place of a, of, a, of a son that sees 
oh, the significance, the importance, and value of being able to see something great in front of me. So be that example. Be that light. Know that you are influential. Know that you're powerful. Know that you are loved. I celebrate and I honor you today. And I say thank you. Keep going. Keep going. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. But keep going and keep fighting in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the Son sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.